What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Dr. Ari Vernon TV. I guess obviously you can see I'm in love with my family, my beautiful wife, my five perfect, imperfect children. Last time we were together, we all kicked it together in the kitchen during the Thanksgiving season. And now in the midst of the holidays, I thought I'd introduce you literally to my babies, my two smallest children, my baby boy and my youngest child, my youngest daughter, Victory, named after her mother. Listen, let's jump in. I sat down with my son. What is it to be one of the RAs? You're not the oldest RA, you're the baby RA. Both of us are preachers. You're not sure if you wanna preach or do something else or business. That can be something. Somebody's always felt sort of like the in-between, out of place child, where do you fit, that kind of thing in life in general. And then I sat down with my baby girl, my baby. You only get one baby, all parents know that. You only get one baby, she's my baby girl. We talked about the reality of bullying, which is real. There are thousands of children dealing with this, plus what it is to be the smallest, the baby of the family. This is a different kind of podcast. We're getting ready to end the season. Uh, this first season has been a blessing. I want to kick it with my wife one more time. You're going to hear from my oldest daughter. There's so much going on. Season two is going to be even better. Just stay tuned. All right, let's go in to me with my baby boy, Raphael, and then my baby girl. And then we're dropping her song, Breathe, for the first time, which we think can become an anthem for bullying. Watch this. Let's go in. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Dr. Ari Vernon TV. I have literally my baby boy. What's up with you, Pop? R.A. Vernon. People ask me, why did I name both of them R.A. Vernon? Because I figure I give myself two shots. Somebody will be my namesake and take over something I've done. So I got two shots of Ray don't do it, Ralph will do it, and Ralph don't do it, Ray will do it. R.A. Vernon. What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed, too. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you got me on the show, sir. Your mother said, unequivocally, you are the prettiest Vernon mm. by far. My mother said before she went to heaven, Ralph is the best looking one out, out of all you guys. <laughs> so I disagree with that. Mm. Uh, How do you feel about that? Me. Okay. You see the smile, y'all. see the smile. Yes, sir. You can't even afford no teeth yet, man. You can't, can't be the prettiest, man. I can't. No, listen, man. I'm glad to have you, man. I wanted uh, persons to know you. Mm -hmm. uh, I said on one of our podcasts that Pastor Mike McClure said about you, he said, Ralph is not a person. He's a movement. The Ralph movement, man. What makes you so unique? Tell everybody who you are. And then let's jump into some substantive things, man, regarding father, son, Mm -hmm. uh, things that you've learned, man, that yeah. you'll carry on to my grandchildren. But who is Raphael, man? Uh, Raphael. Other people call me Ralph. We call me Raphael, too. Usually, they call me Raphael when they're yelling at me, okay. trying to get my attention. Usually, if I do something wrong, Raphael, Raphael. Mm -hmm. That's what they call me. So don't call me that. Just call me Ralph. But uh, Raphael, I'm just myself, honestly. I'm mm -hmm. really just a, mm -hmm. a chill guy. I can be really chill and laid back and then... It's a quick switch when I really just like to turn up and have fun. But Yes, there is. Yeah. You are uniquely you, and I want to say that from the outset, and I've never tried to stop. Uh -oh. I mean, you just, you got more juice than me. Uh, you prettier than me. 
You dance better than me. You have more energy. I mean, I love the fact that God made you uniquely you. I think we should pause with sort of a parental, parenthetical, let your kids be who they are. Yeah, for real. Because just just having friends, just having peers around me, they'll say, like, my, my parents never let me be me. Or, like, my mm. parents will never let me just mm. have fun my own way. And they want to push me this way or push me this way. Where when they want me to open up or, you know what I'm saying, be real with them, I can't even be myself. So he's always did his best, you know. I, I would say this. Uh, again, our styles are so antithetical. Many of you don't know this. I want to get it on wax. Mom in high school, senior year, was most talkative. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember Most that. talkative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And persons would never know that. Yeah. But mom got this turn up part of her she do that you have taken on and yet you have like the greatest parts of me with your own individuality so talk about this idea that dad mm -hmm. is a preacher leans conservative yeah. of course your leanings are conservative in terms of values but your style man you just i mean how do you sort of conflate the idea of being christian but yet being true to me Mm -hmm. How do you mix it all, man? I mean, because like it's this perception, of course, of the, of our generation mm. that like mm. most Christians can't have fun, especially the younger Christians. We can't, especially like teen church, the outsiders ministry. Shout out to my sister, leads the outsiders ministry. Come watch us, come see us every Wednesday. But um, the outsiders, they say, how can outsiders have fun? How can a young mm. teen who's a Christian have fun and be him? Well, honestly, because it's just like. Some people might have to put you in this in this circle where if you're a Christian, you're a young teen, you can't mm. really do you or be you. Where if you balance it out in the right way, you represent your family right, represent yourself right. Everybody makes mistakes. I need to say this to the audience watching. Of course, I've taught you a great deal of what you know about life, but my baby taught me. I don't know who I'm talking to right away, but this is worth listening to. My son taught me a whole lot in yeah. terms of enjoying life. Whatever else pre-pandemic that I look back on, and I preached about this, and the Word Nation know this, I want my podcast family to know it. I didn't have enough fun. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had fun as a family, but my style overall in terms of all that we were doing, the multiple campuses, all that I had to handle, and Ralph always is gonna have some fun. Definitely. Yeah, he's going to have some fun. Now, there are people who have too much fun and they broke. Uh, mm. Too much fun, they don't have a house. Too much fun, they don't own anything. That's too much fun. And you've always taught me, before you have fun, get something done. Mm. Like, I'm talking about 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning. He waking me up early. Uh, man, I did something done. Man, I did his job done. I just, I'm going to always remember that even when I get older, I'm probably going to put that on my son and my kids. Like, before we go and have fun and have a great time, mm. Let's go try to make some money, help some people in need, you know. Oh, wait a minute, wait do. a minute. That that leads towards something that I want you to help our audience with, and we call it the Vernon Big Four, the Big Four. that I've tried yep. to sort of inculcate in all five of my children from birth or as soon as I could. Tell me, what are the Big Four in the Vernon family? Love God, mm. um, honor your family, mm. make some money, and now help those in need. Wait a minute. Those are worth saying again. Love God. Love God. Honor your family. Honor your family. Made some money and help those in need. Let me try that again. 
somebody watching, we think this is a great way to live life. Love God, love God. And to me, to love God means to obey God. Yeah, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So not ostensibly or just with words, but with your life. Yeah. Love God. I always ask him, man, does that honor God? Do you love him? And speaking of loving God, I need to say this because this is cliche-ish, but it's true. God don't have no grandchildren. Just because I'm God's child, Ralph is not God's grandchild. And it's really, and I say this because a lot of Christian parents and colleagues of mine, their sons are watching, pastor colleagues, those watching that are clergy. It's real when your daddy is a preacher. Oh, yeah. And you are born with this idea of God is everything and we don't do this. And having your own relationship with God. I want you to keep it real because I want this podcast to bless teens. I want it to bless persons who grew up in a church house, not church house. Keep it real. And daddy's not offended. Speak from your heart. And we haven't practiced. What was your perception of preacher, Christian, God stuff? Mm -hmm. What seasons have you went through where you wanted to rebel and say, man, I ain't going that way. They can have that. Ray a preacher. I'm me. Man, I mean, speak from your heart. I mean, well, honestly, it just comes with, like, maturity. You know, Mm -hmm. like, when I was a little younger, maybe, like, years past, I would grow up and be like, okay, I want to, I remember I used to say, like, I want to go to L.A. I want to move to L.A. I used to say that all the time. That was a little joke, the L.A. No, 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 say that slow. He's six years old talking about moving to L.A. Yeah, I was six. Yeah, six years yeah old. I'm going to LA. to L.A. And we're like, okay, well, let's pray about that. Let's see what yeah. God says by the time you're 11. But, okay, so so go ahead. Okay, so I would normally say, like, when I used to grow up, like, okay, when I get older, I might move away from this church thing or I might do my own thing. But actually, church is not really a bad thing to me. I honestly, since it's so deep in my soul, mm. I feel like it's always going to be with me. Even when I get older, I'm going to always go to church, always want to sing some hymns because I just always hear it across the house. But honestly, like, it's okay to always want to do your own thing, you know? I got to stop because somebody heard what I heard. Forget church. Uh-huh. Forget church. Talk about God. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, church can be cliche-ish and something that you do. It can yeah. be kind of a Christian social club. So uh-huh. from your spirit, and I love that, yeah, church is real, but talk about God. Oh, well, God, I mean, God is like almost everything to me almost in a way, because I always grew up with just hearing that and my parents just telling me how many things God has done for us as a mm, family, mm. our blessings, where my dad came from, where my mom came from, to where we are now. God has especially done a lot of things. But back to your original question, though. Honestly, just growing up in the church is always hearing, you don't be a pastor mm. or you don't do what your brother did, you don't do what your dad did. It had a hold on me for a second because it was just like, is there any other way in this world where I can do my own thing and not be judged? But like I said, it comes with maturity, just knowing what that you can do your own thing and still be loved by God, as long as you're honoring him in the best way, you know? I, I love that, man. There was this real pressure, and every pastor with a son uh, or daughter, but even those watching, that's real stuff. So I'm preaching, you've seen that your whole life, TV, all that stuff, and then Ray comes along, yeah. and uh, I'm going to be a minister in Dad's footsteps, and so... Was there like a place of like, where do I fit in this? Did you go through any of that? Yeah, definitely. Because I was just seeing the many great things my brother still does and was doing. And I was just like, okay, he's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. 
I don't think that's exactly where I want to be when I get older. Now, there's, of course, there's different ways I can go and still honor God. So mm. it was just a it was a place of confusion, a place of I was just too young worrying about my future, too young to be worrying about. Wait, 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 wait. You said I was. In other words, that was too much on your mind. Too much pressure. On you should have just been playing basketball. Yeah, for real. And you trying to figure out. How do I match yeah, the intensity? Already, because I'm hearing from the church and all the church people saying to me, like, you got to be a pastor too, or you next, you next. And it was just like, hold on. Um, can I get past middle school first? I got a math test tomorrow, <laughs> y'all. Like, I got a, I got a math yeah, test. And Mrs. Milk's worried about me passing my <laughs> test. You talk about, hey, can I? Mm. I mean, you know, but of course, it's all great things, all great things. You know, I'm just happy, happy to know who I am now in this world. I think. Whatever else the thematic thrust of this podcast would be, it is the individuality of each child. Yeah. Yeah, letting people be them. And when I tell you, man, I want to say this, then I want to move to the rest of the big four. Mm-hmm. But I am so happy with you authentically being you. Yeah. I mean, you the truth, man. I love it. And what you bring to my life, Anita Baker said, you bring me joy. It's yeah. like you bring me joy, man. You I bring mom that. and I, it's like... Okay, and yet we probably fight more than any of my kids. And I want to say this, and those of you that had kids late, he kind of caught me and mom old, and he's really playing on that. I'm God, not, God's no. going to get him too. No, I'm not Because playing, I'm, not. I'm tired of raising kids. Lord have mercy. I'm just tired. I just want to kiss grandkids and buy them some ice cream. And he knows I'm tired and old, and we want to go to bed at 7.30, and yet you know, he gets to turn up. But what I have discovered, man, is you and I have more robust debates. Oh my gosh. I'm a better father because of you. And really the other kids should almost be jealous of you and Lil' Victory because you guys got a more balanced us. And let me talk to some younger parents who are still raising school age children. Let them think. Let them talk. It's not disrespectful to have an opinion. If I don't give him him an opinion, then he'll do whatever I say out of fear or phabos, the Greek word, but not out of a kind of honor. So talk about what we go back and forth about. Help some child, help some parent who's still raising children, grandchildren. Speak to that, man. Yeah. Honestly, let's say I want to go out one night or let's say I want to go hang with my boys or go chill with some people. My pops would be like, okay, well, what's going on? Where it's at? Like, what's going on? And I'd be like, dad, well, this is happening. This is happening. And he'd be like, no, no, no. And then I'd be like, dad, dad, like, dad. So, so, so I think we got some of it too on Instagram or something. But yeah. this, this, this little praise guy, he put together. I put a whole Google slide presentation to sleep over my boy's house one night. He put together yeah. a Google slide collegiate presentation. He definitely did. And presented it to us on Definitely. why he should go out this Friday. Yeah. And we had to sit there and go back and forth with him. But I am learning, and I got to say this, uh, and, and I guess I, I wanted God to just do whatever he wanted to do with this podcast. I just wanted you to be authentically you. But I am learning how honest you are with me mm-hmm. because I allow you freedom, some liberty. So, First party he went to, I'm going to say this. Now, this is the truth, okay? I'm putting myself out here. But he's 13, and I'm seeing that he is just more energetic than his brothers and sisters. He just, he's just faster. Everything's faster with social media. So remember now, we've raised kids 
uh, starting 30 years ago, Dominique and Sinead, 25, 30 years ago, boom, that's like late 90s. Then there's Ray, early yeah, 2000s. The Facebook era, the Facebook era. The, that was Ray. Wow, wow. So I guess Sinead was MySpace. That was, it was MySpace. <laughs> and then there was Facebook, yeah. Dominique and Sinead. Then there was Ray. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Ray was Facebook. Yeah, Ray was you Facebook. you are TikTok. Instagram. You don't stop. Oh Instagram. And so- but I've had to adjust because I really feel like parenting now, this is a word for somebody, is more difficult than it ever has been. I know every generation claims the same thing, but in terms of social media, all of that. So I, I understood I was going to lose you. Mm-hmm. That was my fear. I'm keeping it real. Yeah. Like, if I don't adjust, I'm going to lose my baby. Yeah, He's going to do certain stuff or he's going to get grown and just run from this. I was listening the other day to a podcast of a preacher's son who said they couldn't wait to get to college. And so many many parents kind of shut their kids out, especially when it comes to having a discussion or even a conversation about how they feel Mm -hmm. because they just think maybe this is this and this is that, no discussion. And I honestly think even some of my peers tell me like, I can't even have a full conversation with my mother. Wait a minute, say that again, They, they, they can't what? Some of my peers can't even have a full conversation with their mother without their mom or their father just shutting them out. And they're just like, I want to be open and be honest with them. But now it's like, a, I just want to run from them. I just don't want to be cool with them anymore. And I never wanted that bond with my dad. So I've always been grateful on how we've had conversations about how I feel, how he feel, about what he said and how it affected me or how about what I said and how it affected him. Because it was just always an honest conversation. And I always loved that because... Like it, it creates more honesty in the father son relationship, and we can be more open with each other, and it really just creates a great bond. And I'm, speaking of honesty and transparency, uh, making a grown man choice to have a personal podcast means it can't all be deodorized mm-hmm. and sanitized yeah. to paint yourself as sort of some picture of a perfect purity. Yeah. Uh, we've had our issues. Definitely. I mean, you bust some moves young, young that moves. even your brothers and sisters didn't bust. Of course, that's your private business. I don't want to get into the detail of it. But but to say you've you've made some decisions, man, that I think one time I I, I think I beat you up like a grown man. No, nah, you beat me up. It yeah. was a John Cena. It, I think you threw some WWE moves in that. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I beat the hell out of you. Yeah, you was pretty. Yeah, I beat the yeah, hell out it, of you. Hell it, is in the Bible. It started from the bedroom to yeah. upstairs yeah. to the front door yeah. to the uh, the yard, then back in the house, then yeah. back to the room. I don't, how did that happen? <laughs> Can I ask you how did we get from three different rooms yeah, and then to outside? Every now and then with a black son, you have to do crazy black father. I, yeah. I just really believe that you have to have, particularly as they get bigger, you got to have the one crazy black father moment that, that was pretty makes crazy. it clear. Yeah. And he just sort of busts the move as most of our children has. And a couple of things that happened right away. And it was yeah. like, and, and here's what's deep, because we say that with levity, but in all honesty, that was the saddest night of my life. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not making that up. I'm going to put that there with the top. I mean, because to have to do what I had to do, and that's what all children should understand, that, man, I love you. Listen, it's almost like, you know, and I know we showed it before, but this is when you were born. Those who are listening on the podcast, you probably can't see this, but this is the day he was born. And 
it's just something happened and you would think you were my firstborn. I don't know what it was, but when you were born and those tears were flowing and this is the issue I have. And please show this to your baby's father. Show this to whoever. I, I don't understand a man hmm. who could live without being in his children's life because I would gladly hear me die so you could live. And so yeah, I true. love you so much. And to me, it shows me the love of Jesus for me. This is why I've been saying the word nation knows this. If you're able biologically, anthropologically, and you're married, have one child. I, I tell people because to me, nothing lets you feel the love of Jesus like having a child. You wouldn't know yet. But I'm going to tell oh, you no, this. No, no. Jumping on you, having to put hands on you, man, it crushed me. But I'm thinking, I'd rather beat them so the world don't. Yeah. yeah. And I've watched your maturity. By the way, shameless plug. Now I'm going to get in some trouble here because this, again, goes back to my argument. Don't tell me a child don't need his daddy. Yeah, for real. I mean, you speak to that. Your mother is the truth, and those who are single moms, life is life. You do what you have to do. But if possible, there is something that I've learned from Dominic to Ray to you to Shanae to Victory. There is something unique that a child gets and gains from a father that no mother can give you. Yeah, it's and it's, and it's a present father. Because some people have fathers, but they're not that present. Well, everybody has a father. Yeah, but some people have fathers, <laughs> but not that present. Yes. But having a dad, it, it's, just, it's a different relationship. Because just me and my mom, my mom is very loving and caring. And she don't get on me. My mom's crazy. My mom is crazy. Now, mind you, my mom is crazy. But it's a different type of relationship. Because mm. sometimes you need that one-on-one, man-to-man. Like, come on, man. Like, what you doing? Get this together. Get this together. Get up at this time. Make sure you're up at this time. Because mom might be like, it's okay. Well, You've made this mistake, but no, sometimes you need that. Uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Get up at this time. I need you here at this. A man needs to do this. A man needs to know this. And having him always created that bond where it's a maturity stage where you have to pass to know, like, okay, did I like that? No. Will I ever probably like that? But was it good for me? Did mm. I get something out of that? Like, when I get older, will I remember that he did that? And I'm going to make sure I'm here at this time. You've always made sure it be 10 minutes before you go anywhere. It's really about when I hear your voice, it's like a different type of power that I hear. You know, mm. mom might say, Ralph, make sure, can you please come up? Can you please come get it? I'll be like, all right, mom, here I come after this game. But once I hear that, hey, what? I said it mega little, fest. Thank you, Bishop Jakes. a little scared. I ain't going to lie. Bishop Jakes, thank you. I said it mega fest to thousands of men. I said, there's a hay in your mouth. There's a hey, hey. Yeah. And when the devil hears that, hey, yeah. he knows there's a man in this house. And I say that because I don't want this podcast to be as much about me as mm -hmm. it is about who you are. But I would say to those that are watching, it is critical. There's something about the father's voice. Yeah. There's something about the father-son relationship that is unique to any other. And that said, it's just another podcast how critical the mother's voice is and the love of a mother and all those things that a man needs from his mama so that he doesn't look for it in his wife. That's a whole nother podcast. But I wanna say to you that you have exemplified maturity. We talked about the big four. Mm -hmm. So number one, love God. Number two, honor your family.
And when I say honor your family, that means you don't cheat on your wife. And life has happened with so many watching. I try not to, again, be like this perfect example of what I call perfect piety, please. I've made mistakes, not adultery, not cheating on mama. I'm not going to put my hands on mama, all that, but I have not been a perfect husband. But that said, honoring your family, what does that look like to you based on what you've seen? I mean, to me, like he said earlier, I made mistakes in my life, but it honestly just comes with the maturity piece again. Sometimes you can make mistakes, but those mistakes can honestly just put an effect in your family. Mm. So sometimes I will say to myself, like, okay, you can mess up, but mess up on your own. Don't mess up where you're embarrassing your family. Mm. And that always just replays in my head, especially with the mistakes I made. I'm always just like, okay, if I do you, this. You just said something, boss. Because unlike many of you, uh, we make our living by preaching to people, mm -hmm. loving people. Some pastors don't like to say this. I've been saying this to them since they were little. Daddy could have been a plumber, but I'm a pastor. Yeah. I could have been a lawyer. I'm a pastor, which means I make my living on people giving offerings, and those offerings help us help the poor, and it helps us put food on our table. So don't dishonor. Some things yeah. you do could impact how your sister eats. Facts. So just because you're having fun, that's a word for all of those who make your living in ministry. There's a certain way you have to live. But in general, I don't care if you're an NFL athlete, if you're an engineer, honoring your family, honor your mother and father. Honor, I honor you guys. And how important is honor? What does family mean to you, siblings, me, mom, talk to them, talk to some child, talk to somebody who's making their child watch or some person raising children, grandchildren, mm -hmm. about what family means to you and what you've seen. Yeah, well, having an older brother, my bro older brother named Ray, he always told me, like, man, you don't do that, and that's going to affect little victory. You don't do that, that might affect moms. Like, that might affect how people look at that. So it's always about representing you guys the best way I can because I might make some mistakes on my own, but I'm always just saying, like, all right, if I make the mistake, I might just want to keep this to myself mm -hmm. or how this affect me. But just having the family I have and the things my dad do, I never want to do nothing too bad to where people don't look at him like, how you don't preach us this, that? And then your son might be doing this or your son might be doing that. Because you always just want to represent your family the best way you can. Even if your family might be doing, like, not the biggest thing, you always just want to put, like, a, a good name. The last name means a lot. Whatever your last name is, you always want to represent that last name the best you can. So it doesn't really affect. I, I, think, I think number two is tied to number one, love God. Oh, yeah, love God, too. Because, and you're saying all the right things. It's my job to teach even during the podcast. I want his obedience to be based on love for God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not daddy's God, not this is going to mess up our church, not daddy might be in the paper because of me. Those are not the right reasons to live right. What's the best reason to live right? Of course, Jesus. You always just want to represent God right first. That's right. And then represent that family because those are two key things in your life forever, family and God. So, so here it is. So number one, and mm -hmm. this is what I love about you, the Vernon Four, we call it the Big Four. All of my children have to memorize it. Love God, honor your family. Number three, what? Make some money. Make some money. Make some money. Talk about that because out of all my children, he's a killer. And all of my children are killers in their own way, but this is my business, son. Got his first job at how old? 14. 14. 14, killing the game. I had to get a work permit for him. 
wouldn't even go on vacation with us because he didn't want to miss work. He likes his money and he has daddy's heart to help people, which we'll get to. But talk about what you've seen in terms of us having resources Mm -hmm. and what that has meant to you and why having some money and having your own is so important to you. Yeah, well, I always say when I get older, I probably want to own my own business or maybe a real estate company or just something like that in the money sort of way because I really just love having my own thing, like having something, not being a yes man to somebody, always having my own way. Mm. And the best way I can, of course, honoring God and honoring my family, because just money, it's not its not the money thing. Now, I love money, but you never want to just be a money fiend. I need money. I love money. Nothing else matters but money. Because that's not all it is in this world. Mm. It's all—it's really all just about, to me, just having my own resources, building my own way for my kids, building uh, my own way for my he, namesake. He you has know? never had this mindset of my daddy has a couple coins, so I'm cool in the gang. Yeah. Uh, him and his siblings, I love this. They have this killer mindset that you may have given us a running start, but I want my own. I got to tell this story. Uh, he was working. Where's the place I came and got you from? Uh, Urban Air or Urban, McDonald's? Which Urban one? Air. Well, okay, McDonald's Air. was the first job. He yeah. went from McDonald's wasn't giving him enough hours, so he moved over to Urban Air. And I'll never forget, he had school, basketball, all this. And he's working like nine hours. And so one day, and this is a position I want to, I want to put or speak to every parent. What a blessed position to be in. One day, it's like ten o'clock at night. He's been there since like one. This mm-hmm. was summertime or whatever. He's done like nine, ten hours. I'm like, baby, where's Ralph? Oh, he doesn't get off to eleven. Then he has school the next day. And I literally came up there, like uh, the movie uh, Officer and a Gentleman, yeah. where he's picked the girl up and said, "No, I said that's enough now." I said, you're back in school, you have basketball. But it was like, no, wait a minute, we blessed. Mm-hmm. I just want you to get the ethic, but I don't need you staying up here right now. You're still a child. You don't have to work no 10, 11 hours. Dad got you, man. Hey. The fact yeah, that I, I knew he was willing to go get it makes me want to give him more. And so we got to wrap up there telling me, thank you, Steph. So here's what's going on. So number one, we have love God, honor your, your family, family make Thanks, money. Man. Now talk about what the Vernon family lives for. Helping those in need, helping those in need. We've always been, I remember five years old, six years old, my dad uh, gifted one of my best friends, Dre, his uh, family a house on my birthday. Before, on my birthday, November 4th, we gifted uh, my best friend, Dre, a house, and then we went to go have fun. Like I told you earlier, always get something done. The Word done. Church, the, yeah, word the Word Church, church. The word kudos church. to the Word Nation, Definitely. their ties and orphans, but... Yeah. Again, our family's prayerfully leadership mm-hmm. and heart uh, for the hurting. And so I've said to them, and we're closing with this, yeah. life isn't anything if you're not helping people. Yeah, and during this time of holiday season and Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, trust me, we'll be busting a few moves you don't know about. That's that whole don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. You see the Word Church outreach. You don't see all of the Vernon family outreach where we don't take the cameras, but I want to get into their hearts that this pastoring stuff is not big pimping. And they've known you want to make daddy mad, and that is not earning the life that we have. Now, what I I don't apologize for at 50 years old and doing ministry for 30 years and trying to love one woman and going to school 10 years to try to learn what I know about scripture, all of this. I'm not apologizing for not being broke ever again or for what I decide to do for my kids. 
but it means nothing if we don't help those in need. So talk about how God has given you that same heart. My son, you may not know this because he's so rambunctious and he's so fired up and so fun, but man, this cat got the heart of Jesus. This is the one that'll be in my ear like, Daddy, can I give him my clothes? Daddy, he can just have my bike. That's what ministry is about. As we conclude, speak to somebody about the heart to help and the love of God, man. Yeah, I mean, it was always just put in my soul from my father, just helping those. I, I got that helping hand, you know, like whenever my friends might need something, never mind my, my boys, uh, my friend's mom actually just passed away recently. Mm. It, it just, it really just like, it hurts me seeing somebody else in need because having some resources and having some things, I've always wanted to give it back to whoever doesn't have it. So I just don't get how somebody can see somebody in need or need some help just spiritually or emotionally and just not give it to them. Today I have with me my baby, Victory. We call her Mama Affectionately. I love her so much. And today we want to talk about what? Bullying. Bullying. All that rhymes, but it's all real. I'm serious when I say I was talking to mom about how you would be the perfect guest because my daughter has written a song that we think can become kind of the national anthem for bullying across America and the world that we're going to drop at the very end. This is the debut, so do not, do not log off because for the first time anywhere, everywhere, other than our women's conference, we're dropping her song today that we think can help people. Okay, let's jump right in. So dad moves you and the family out to what I think is a great neighborhood like every black man wants to do, make things better. Every man in General Force family, we go to a predominantly white school and what starts to happen to you? Like he said, I do go to a mostly white school. Mm. So there were times when I felt like an outcast. You felt like an outcast and I say this because before we get to bullying, we have to start again with sort of maybe white privilege or white ignorance because most of these children were not mean, they were just ignorant in that they thought they could say what to you? Um, like they thought that they could touch my hair, call me chocolate. At first I thought they were being like mean, mm. but then I realized like I, I moved here, so they didn't know. Wait a minute, you already said something cold-blooded. I moved here. I and, moved and here. truth be told, you're even more innocent. We moved you here. <laughs> Uh, in an attempt to better life for you. And mm -hmm. we've learned so many things about that. Yes, there's this idea of the American dream, where can I move, best school system. But we've saw, even with your brothers and sisters, some of the downside, which is why so many go running toward the HBCU experience, because here you were in school and are in school with 99% Caucasians and most of them beautiful young white children. And I say this, and I want you to jump in. It's not their fault that their parents are white. Mm -hmm. And it's not your fault that your parents moved you to a predominantly white school. But what has been some of the downside of that? Um, I, don't, like, I don't think that they know how to react to like a black kid being in my class. Mm. Like They would think, oh, yeah, I can touch her hair. I can call her chocolate. But at the same time, you don't know how I feel. Like you, that, you are a beautiful. Give me a kiss me in my mouth on TV. You okay. are a beautiful chocolate girl, but they say that some of them in an insensitive way. So, 
So I was thinking there are two things going on. First of all, there are the cultural realities of you being a beautiful black woman, beautiful black young mm -hmm. girl, which I remind you of every day in a predominantly white school and who you are and keeping your head up and realizing that most of them want to be you and they admire your dark, beautiful skin and your real beautiful thick hair. But yet it was painful. And one time you came home and asked us a couple of questions about accent and am I fat? What the heck happened? Yeah, um, going on to fifth grade, people would say, why do you talk like that? You have an accent. So I came home one day crying to my parents like, do I have an accent? Let me say that again. She thought she had an accent just because of her black speaking self. They thought you had a kind of accent and we had to speak into that. And then regarding your weight, as you can see, she has daddy's frame. She's tall and beautiful, probably could be a model if she wanted to be. But yet they had you thinking what? I'm fat. Like they would tell me, oh, well, you can't fit my clothes because I'm skinnier than you. And that will very much put me in like, oh, well, like, I want to be like you mode. Like, I would go home telling my parents, like, I don't think I can fit this stuff anymore because I can't, like, I'm, I'm not skinny like those other girls at school. And, and I'm as a father, I'm seeing some of it, thank God for mommy. Uh, because mommy, of course, as a female, as a woman, paying closer attention than I was. I'm trying to concentrate on so many other things with her as my baby, not realizing she was literally, would it be an exaggeration to talk about depressed? Yeah. Were you there? Never suicidal. Mm -hmm. Would you say any suicidal thoughts? No. Not that deep, but really dark and depressed. And I remember mm -hmm. that period, and I don't know who this is for, and I realize this isn't the average podcast for every person, but if you have a child, a grandchild, before you log off, you might want to stay tuned because, again, my daughter wrote a song that I think is going to bless you. And plus, you'd be surprised how they may be dealing with something. So I want to separate the two subjects quickly. Number one, by choice, we decided, and I said this to your principals and to your teachers, we decided to take you to a predominantly 95% white school. So I don't come in thinking, it's almost like when you decide to go to a white church. If you go to a white church, you're going to have to make some adjustments. You can't walk in a white church accent. How come you guys don't sing Precious Lord every Sunday and uh, Jesus can work it out? And where's the, you know, you went to a white church, predominantly white. Yeah. In the same way, when you go to an all-white school or predominantly white, you have to make adjustments. So we don't make excuses. We make adjustments. But we are teaching that everyone deserves civility, respect. But now let's let's shift because... What we just talked about is what I would call white ignorance, maybe white privilege in some places by those students, those young kids. Some of them are beautiful white children. Most of them are beautiful white children. They meant no harm. They really fascinated. They're fascinated by your hair, your beautiful mm -hmm. black skin. Some of them probably want it. That's a different subject than the next subject, the next subject, which is what I want to close with, bullying. Yeah. Okay, so it shifts from just some white ignorance, white privilege to one particular girl who starts to bully you. Yes. And what was that experience like? What happened, number one? This girl I met in like second grade. So since second grade, she's been doing this to me. Um, she would like punch me, hit me, push me, and blame it on me. 
So she will like go home to her parents like this girl named Victory pushed me and they called my mom and we had a whole discussion about it. We went to her house and had a whole discussion about it. And she would say that it was me. So that like really put a push on me because like I thought you were my friend. I knew you since third grade. No, second grade actually. So, mm-hmm. so and then my parents were like, just get away from her. But like that'll be very hard on me because she was we my first friend. We didn't understand the extent, and I so apologize to you. And we have, mm-hmm. and somebody watching this, don't minimize it. You have to know your child. This was real. I mean, this was demonic stuff. One person can change your life. Some of you dealing with it with one coworker. We're literally one coworker, thousands of persons who work there, but one person can get in your spirit. Some of you can identify just messing with you, almost demonically influenced, and they're playing their parents, had her parents thinking it was victory, had us thinking that victory was embellishing, exaggerating, and in retrospect, I'm so sorry I didn't catch. There was one little girl that was making my daughter's life hell. Hear me, hell, to the point she's at, in a room like won't come out, impacting how she sees herself, got her depressed, and we didn't know bullying is real. I was looking up some statistics that I thought was staggering about like 50% of children 12 to 18 have experienced some kind of bullying. It can happen in the cafeterias, in the hallways, even online. And as minimal as some of you may think this is, it's major to a child that is dealt with. It is. So at its worst, at its worst, what do you remember in terms of how dark things got? Yeah, so I remember Mm. going home, like just being sad, going to my room, staying in my room. Mm. And my parents just be like, would just be like, why are you sad all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you making that face? Like, be happy. And I just remember. You couldn't get there. I couldn't. And and we were minimizing it. And I say this because those of you that are watching thinking, black girl, daddy's a whatever pastor. Okay, she should be fine. I mean, get over it. Get strong, black girl. No, 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 no. There are children from the projects to whoever who are dealing with this same thing. And I believe God has raised my daughter up because, yes, she doesn't worry about where her next meal is coming from. She doesn't have daddy issues. I hope you don't have daddy issues. No. Give me a kiss in my mouth. No, she's fully loved by your daddy, fully loved by her mom. I think the person, and we need to speak to this, your mother, because again, I didn't realize the extent of how much time she was putting in. Mommy would come downstairs or come to you or have you in her office constantly saying what to you? Just breathe. You got this. Mommy would always, and I would tell you, do you know who you are? You know you were loved. And then, of course, you know, uh, the Malcolm would raise up in me, the Tupac, like, I don't have to go kill this little girl, whoever, whoever, whoever this is. I mean, the humanity of me, when I found out about this bullying, God opened up the door. She no longer goes to your school. Mm-mm. So that was one blessing. She moved on, literally moved out of town. Listen, sometimes you got to pray people out of town. <laughs> And uh, God did it. We're literally, but you mentioned something. Mommy would tell you to do what? Just breathe. Mommy would tell you to do what? Just breathe. One more time. Mommy would tell you to do what? Breathe. That so jumped in her spirit that she goes downstairs in her room, unbeknownst to us, and starts to write. 
and she is a songwriter extraordinaire. This isn't even the first song she's written, but she writes and pens these words, and the title of the song is what? Breathe. I think it's going to bless you. Here's what we want you to do. Take a listen to it. Not just how great she sounds, she's a good singer and all that, but it's not about that. It's about the heart of the song, the lyrics. Keep in mind that, how old are you, Victory? 11. 11 years old. She writes a song that we believe could kind of become like a theme song for children, men, little boys, little girls who are being bullied all across America. It's real. Look up the stats. And we pray this podcast has been a blessing to you. We're going out with this. Do us a favor. Uh, be a blessing to our ministry, our Evernian Ministries. As you can see, we're dealing with substantive subjects, everything from blended family to real ministry to real bullying and how to get past it. We're going out with my baby. Thank you for being here with me. You're welcome. Another kiss. She was amazing. Do me a favor. Share this. We have the copyright, so don't try to steal it. Uh, <laughs> Please listen to the words. Listen to her heart. We're going out with my daughter, Victory Vernon's Breathe. I know how it feels to be betrayed. And I know how it feels to not be okay. Yes. Yeah.